Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Faithful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes and I believe that God's gladly lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast today. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast where we report on the works of God all over the world as relates to the end time word. Okay, welcome friends, greetings to and welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast once again. And today we don't have a single topic. There is a collection of things going on all over the world that our listeners might want to know about. So Brother Tim and I are just going to have a conversation about all these things. Welcome, Brother Tim. Thank you, Brother Mark. Good to be back on the podcast and update the believers with so many different things that are happening around the world and constantly unfolding in what we call missions, but they might not in themselves be something that we would do an entire podcast on. So it's good to just kind of uh, bounce some things around, answer some questions, talk about some things and developments and, and things that are happening. So we trust that it'll be a blessing to the believers. Sure. Okay, well, let's jump right in. Um, As our listeners know, translation of the message is such a big part of what we do here at Bible Believers. And a lot of effort has been put into this, both in the past, in the beginnings of Bible Believers, and continuing on to the present. So let's just talk about that, Brother Tim. Translation. Why is that so important? Why does that matter? Why the big push? Well, we have a message that is the fulfillment of Scripture for the last days. And as Brother Branham said in the Church Age book, it is these divinely revealed mystery truths that will literally turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. And so these are a necessary, uh, or this is a necessary message to the bride of Jesus Christ. And I'll go a little bit further than that, and I'll say, When Brother Branham says in 1962, he says, uh, I would that God would crown my ministry, and I'm I'm just paraphrasing here, but uh, I'll just say, uh, he says, I would that God would crown my ministry uh, to be able to clothe the bride with the word and uh, for a wedding garment. And so uh, that's not exactly the way he said it, but that's what he was saying. And uh, so this is a necessary wedding garment, which means it's very necessary ingredient for the rapture. So, and we know that the rapture won't happen until the last member of the body comes in. And so if the body needs this message to clothe itself, as, as Revelation says, the marriage of the lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready, then they need this message. Not, they don't just need to be introduced to the message not just introduced to the fact that God sent a prophet or introduced to the fact that there is a message, but rather they need the message to clothe themselves with the wedding garment for the rapture. And so it's vitally important to get the message to the people, and not all the people speak English. And there's, uh, I think, uh, 
four, there's thousands of languages around the world. There's 400 that are significant, roughly speaking. And if we could, if you can cover 400 languages, you'll cover everybody. But we yeah. know that God has a way of reaching the elect individually. So we're, we're not expecting that we'll ever hit the 400 mark. We're right now at about 82 languages. And uh, so if we can bring that up to speed and hit as many as we can, then uh, we're just looking to get the elect clothed with the wedding garment of the word. Yes, yes. And what occurs to me, the way you're describing it, is that makes translation important, uh, not just to the person out there who speaks a language, but it becomes important to all of us. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, Brother Mark. It's it's vital that we all understand we're in this together. And yes. nobody's leaving until we're all in, until <laughs> we're all ready to go. Amen. Okay. Well, this is obviously a lot of work. Translation is hard work. And who does all this translating? Is it volunteer labor? How is that handled? It's a combination of efforts. Um, we run what's called the Message Hub. It's, it's found at messagehub.info on the internet, and people can download and print books. Behind that, that webpage is a translator site where translators can log in and upload their translations. And they obviously are approved translators that we have approved. And what happens is in some languages, uh, for example, European languages like uh, Portuguese or French or Spanish, there are translators that work that are sponsored sometimes, and sometimes they, they are doing it volunteer. But it's, it's uh, all we're doing is providing the site and the means for them to upload it to the internet. On the other hand, in the poorer countries of the world, where people uh, are kind of in a day-to-day -day labor existence, that is to say they work for the day, and whatever money they make that day, they buy food to have a meal on that day. And so in the poverty-stricken areas of the world, where they might have other languages, it's just not possible for people to volunteer, and it's often not possible for the local people to sponsor it. So we get involved to sponsor many languages around the world in the poorer countries to be able to allow them to have the message in their language. So it's a combination of different levels of sponsorship and volunteerism, and that's what gets the message translated into these languages. Mm -hmm. And with 82 messages or, or languages, I think you said on the hub, that would amount to a lot of translators out there working, wouldn't it? Absolutely, because you don't just have one translator, you have a translator, a proofreader. And as we work right now in new languages, we encourage and we try to get a team of translators, often four or five translators working together so that we can get up to 10 translations a month. If we have a burden for a language, we try and, and hit that language hard so that we can get very quickly languages up onto the message hub. A good example would be the most recent push we've had in the Chichewa language. And there, between a combination of new translation 
and recovering old translations. In the last year, we've uploaded 150 translations. So it's yeah. just been a tremendous effort. Yeah. Okay. And so these messages are translated however they are, you know, paid, volunteer, combination, teams working on it. But then it goes directly onto the Message Hub website, messagehub.info, which is available free. It's accessible around the world to anyone that has access to the internet. And so how does that work for the user, Brother Tim? Tell us about how the Message Hub works. Okay, it's very interesting because one of the things that people maybe don't catch, and one of the things that enthuses the translators is that there's no, um, there's no scheduling of printing. Okay, so if if say you're a translator and you have a translation and it's been proofread, you can upload it to the uh, message hub and the language administrator for that language then publishes it and it the system automatically formats it into six different formats, different size books, uh, whether letter size for North America, A4 size for I think Europe and some of the other countries, and and they, it goes into booklet size and full sheet size, and so it, you can download it in many different uh, sizes and many different formats. And then the end user, when it's published, it appears on the message hub almost immediately. That is to say, there's no lag. There's no waiting two years after it's translated for this book to appear in the country. Once it's translated, loaded onto the message hub, it's published, it goes into these formats, it can be printed the same day that it's uploaded. And that's a phenomenal aspect of the message. Of course, all, all downloads are free. Um, and, uh, and it might be interesting for the reader uh, to just give you an example, uh, Brother Mark, uh, give them an example. And uh, every week I get a a printout of downloads off the message hub. And uh, for example, if I, uh, if I look at the most recent one, it tells me that, that uh, last week there was almost 1,400 downloads in the Spanish language, almost 200 in the English language, over 100 in the German language, close to 100 in Chinese and Telugu and French. And uh, then it goes on down the list and tells me there's downloads in Hindi, Tamil, Romanian, Urdu, Portuguese, Kenya, Rwanda, Serbian, Farsi, and the list goes on and on and on <laughs> all the way down uh, to even Tagalog from the Philippines. We have Norwegian. We have, you know, all over the world, there's downloads going on from the message hub. So it's, yeah. that's kind of what's happening every week. It's an active site. There's uploads going up. We might upload between uh, five and 40 translations in any given week. And downloads are in the thousands. I think two weeks ago, there were 7,000 downloads in one week. Yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, there's people out there in languages that aren't very well known, um, but there's believers out there that speak those languages. And I'm just imagining what it might be like for them when, like you say, boom, all at once, they have this access to the message that they never had before. Do you ever get responses from those kind of the people that are out there in different places? 
<laughs> we do. And uh, sometimes the responses are, please upload more. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they love what's there, but they want more. You know, they're hungry. Uh, they're not satisfied with the number of messages they have. And we, of course, pass those on to the translators and say, hey, you know, the people are reading it. They're enjoying it. They're hungry and yeah. they appreciate your work. And so, yeah, there are definitely, okay. definitely lots of responses. Do we have any new languages that have just gone up recently? We do. Um and uh, matter of fact, one language that is a language that I've been waiting on, we had a, a brother do uh, some a couple of translations in the Nepali language, which is similar in many ways to the Hindi language hmm. uh, from the country of Nepal. And uh, but we had these translations, but we needed a uh, a, a little file translated in that language to put them up on the message hub. And so finally I found, I'd lost contact with the original translator, but I found another brother that would do the, the little file that we needed. And so we just added the Nepali language to the message hub. We're also adding, as we speak, the Ateso language, and that is a uh, Northern Uganda language. And we also are working on the Yoruba language. We're looking at bringing a team into, uh, into labor on that language. And that's something that we're developing right now. And probably by the end of October, we'll be moving forward on that. And that's a Nigerian language. And of course, yeah. I already mentioned the Chichewa language. That's a language of Malawi that is kind of languished. Uh, they've had translations. Uh, even Voice of God Recordings has done translations, but there there wasn't much up on the message hub. I think we had maybe two translations in this language. And so we a brother got in touch with me from uh, Malawi and said, we don't have any books. Uh, VGR is doing their tablets, which is fine, uh, but we don't have any books and we really need books. And the people in the outlying area need books where they don't even have power. They don't have electricity. And so I said, well, let's work on it. So as I already said, we've got now got a, we've gone from two to 150 Chichewa translations uh, that are up on the message hub. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, I think you said Ateso was Ugandan, Northern Ugandan. Chichewa is spoken in Malawi. That's right. And, and you some mentioned... parts of uh, Madagascar, uh, or sorry, okay. Mozambique, not Madagascar. And Yoruba and Nepali, are those African, uh, say, well, what would we call them, tribal-type languages also? Now, Brother Mark, you're, you're showing here your lack of geography. <laughs> Nepali okay. is from the country of Nepal, which is north of India. So that's okay. an Asian language. And, uh, <laughs> and Ateso, or sorry, Yoruba is Nigerian. Yeah. Okay. And All that's right. from Africa. Yes, yes. For those yes, who where Nigeria is, I trust that we all know where Nigeria is. <laughs> Sometimes I just must confess my ignorance. The, the, you read these words, Nepali. Oh, of course, Nepal. But it, it might not strike you at first. Yes. Okay. Well, this, uh, it's a massive effort. I'm just getting the sense that this is a massive effort. Here we are, Just we're just a little small people, and we're looking at the entire world and this work to do. And it takes a lot to do it. And, you know, it occurred to me, there's 
there's a difference between when something is free, and, and you've mentioned that this is all free, accessible, when it hits the message hub. There's a difference between some, when something is free and when something is paid for. If it's paid for, well, it might be free to the user, but it wasn't free. Someone paid for that. Like if someone takes me out for dinner, I didn't get a free dinner. I got a paid for dinner that someone paid for. And salvation is like that too. You know, it's, it's paid for, very expensively paid for. But through the years, people have really supported what we do here at Bible Believers. And I've heard some of the stories. It's, it's almost miraculous. Well, it's not almost. It is miraculous to see how people have stepped up at key moments to make the donations to keep things going when resources were running low. And I've never, you know, I've been part of the church for a while. I've never heard a pull for money. I've never been notified if Bible Believers is running short on money. Um, it's never been done that way. We just pray and the Lord supplies. And to my understanding, we're not in a desperate state right now. I don't want anyone to think that. The Lord is blessing, but it's clearly him that is doing it to keep all this going. Very much, Brother Mark. You know, uh, we operate by faith. We have to. If we believe that we serve God, we must serve him as we believe him. And... Uh, uh, I'll give you an interesting testimony. I didn't share it at the time because I don't pull for money. As you said, we do not pull for money. We let people know what is happening. Uh, we let the Lord put the burden on the donor to give. And that's that's between them and the Lord. But last year at the beginning of COVID, you know, there was a lot of financial uncertainty as, as the economies begin to shut down. And uh, it affects everybody and it affected our donors. Uh, psychologically, yeah. especially. And, and we had a lot of expenses that came to maturity with different programs that we were doing, different uh, efforts that were happening around the world. And I think it was during the month of April, so shortly after the shutdown, uh, Bible believers uh, bottomed out the bank account. Let's put it that way. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, we used every nickel we had and uh, so it, it came to, uh, it didn't come to a halt. It came to a uh, situation where I, I just went to prayer and I just said, Lord, if you want us to do missions, I need the resources to do it with. There's, there's really no other way to say it. And, right. uh, and so it was within a, a few weeks that I especially, that the donations kept coming in but there was especially a brother that the Lord put it on his heart. And I, to this day, I don't know how he heard about it. It mm. wasn't anybody who had ever really given before. Mm. And uh, he phoned me and said, you know, I, I've heard that you might need some resources. And I am still don't know how he heard because I have no idea. And so he yeah. said, I'm going to send you a check. And, and he sent us a very substantial donation. And that kind of put us, uh, give us a little bit of a cushion and allowed us to move forward. And, and since that time, of course, the Lord's been blessing it, but it was an answer to prayer. I think the Lord just wanted to confirm, this is my work, not right. your work. Right. And so we just thank the Lord for answering prayer 
and providing not for us, but for the many efforts that we support around the world. Right. That's amazing. It really is. And I believe this organization, Bible Believers, was started by Brother Biskel in the early 80s. That's correct. Um, I don't know the exact year, but after all these years, with doing it that way, uh, not pulling for money, the Lord is just, here we still are after all these years. My Exactly. And, and Brother Bisco is a great believer in communication and in letting the people know what the need is. That's why we put out the Believer's Faith Challenge Report, which, by the way, we're just beginning to work on again. And there'll be a, the next version in November. And uh, he, he believes in, you know, making known to the world. Matter of fact, he told me uh, an interesting story. And uh, this might be something that's off topic, but he said it was through the radio broadcast that they did that they begin to mention uh, different needs that came up in the world. And so that's how Bible believers kind of became born was through a radio broadcast they were doing in the 70s. Mm. And uh, and so they would say, well, we've heard of this need in such such area. And somebody that was listening to the radio broadcast would send a check to Bible Believers because that was the name of the radio broadcast, Bible Believers Radio Broadcast. And, uh, and so it was through that that kind of Bible Believers became born. And, and it became, it gathered momentum from there. And that kind of became the mission's arm of Cloverdale Bible Way and of course, Brother Biscoe has been a great missionary and a great believer in missions uh, throughout the decades. Yes, yes. Okay, well, let's shift gears here a little bit. Um, we'll talk about some things that maybe we don't talk about very often. It's that kind of program. But uh, when funds come in to Bible believers, there that launches a whole process. There's technicalities of how the funds are handled and how they are designated and how they get to where they are intended to go. So you could, could you fill us in on that process, Brother Tim? Well, that's a good, good question, Brother Mark. And, and it's something, as you said, that most people don't see and we don't really explain it. But let me just kind of say this way. We're living in an age of high regulation. We, mm. we operate from Canada. And the Canadian government monitors, well, I won't say monitors, governs our activities as a charity. We're a registered charity with the Canadian government. We also are supported as Bible believers through the United States, and that's a different set of regulations with the United States government. But basically what happens is that the the funds come into the missions funds and, and uh uh, we have to, of course, do the accounting, record it. We issue donation receipts, all those kind of things. And and uh, they have specific requirements because of how we are founded as a charity that we must meet these obligations. So we have to uh, report back to the government that we are operating within the parameters for which we are founded, which is the dissemination of the gospel, particularly the message of the hour. And so... Uh, we have to keep records of all this. So somebody sends in a donation, might send it into missions in general, and that's pretty easy to administer. But maybe they see we're doing something in Uganda, so they might send it, send money and say, this is for Uganda. So we, we segregate that and we say, okay, they send it in for Uganda, 
this money goes to the work in Uganda. Or somebody says, this is for translation. We put that, we record that as being as for translation and make sure that that gets supporting translation, et cetera, et cetera. So all of the funds that come in, we're, we track it very well. And the reporting that we do publicly, which is showing the work that is completed, is also necessary that we do that for the government. So it serves a twofold purpose. And uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit onerous. Uh, it's a little bit cumbersome. But uh, we got to rend under Caesar what is Caesar's and yeah. try and do that as best we can. Um, yes. So you mentioned people can send in a check, and that's the old-fashioned way of doing it. And I believe there's also PushPay, which is an app, and it's also, it goes out on our emails. There's a link to PushPay where people can donate online. And I've noticed there when you go into that portal, there is a form there where you can designate what you're giving to, which project, or I, I believe it's completely blank. You can write in there what you want. So if someone gives something and it's, it's a burden on their heart and they say, I have this specific thing in mind I want to support. They write that in that blank. Um, what happens to that money that they send? Well, that goes, that comes to us electronically and our staff uh, reads that information and designates those funds according to how they have been given. So if they're given to missions, um, which is what we're talking about, uh, then it, it goes into the missions, and then if they choose one of the subheadings for missions, one of the projects, or write in their own designation, then uh, of course we just segregate it to that category, and they do that electronically. So it goes into our bank account, and it uh, gets designated to whatever they put on that uh, fund, assuming that those are the projects that we are working on. You you cannot give funds and say. I want to support uh, Bibles in, uh, uh, you know, Terra del Fuego, you know, or whatever. You know, uh, if it's not something that we're already doing, uh, it's very difficult to fulfill that request. And so yeah, we yeah. don't suggest that you start a new project for us. But if you want to <laughs> donate to one of the existing projects, that's exactly what we do. Well, the the big question sometimes people have is if I give to a specific cause, what percentage of my giving is going to that cause and what percentage is going to what you'd call overhead? Wow, that's a that's a interesting question. Uh, anything given to a cause, a specific cause, uh, it, it is going to, the, it is fully designated to that cause. The only thing that really comes off of it is banking fees. And uh, hmm. as far as the overhead of the office, we operate out of the church here. And so the office, the building, everything is provided by the church. And so I those, see. those kind of overhead expenses are, are covered by the church. And uh, they get some benefit because they get a minister working here. And, <laughs> and uh, I do a little bit of preaching for them, a little bit of counseling, <laughs> all those kind of things. Yes. So, so it's a mutual yeah. benefit. You know, we benefit from... The church and it really is the vision the missions visions of Col missions vision of cloverdale bible way and so yeah uh that is what's happening and the local people here also give to missions and and so it goes to missions so if i give ten dollars to uganda 
$10 goes to Uganda. Yes. Less, it depending on how you, if you write a check, it's a hundred percent. If you write, if you put, go through, if you put a, put it on a credit card on push pay, there's a, there's a small credit card fee. I don't know what the percentage is, one or 2% or something. And, right. and that right. gets deducted off, but otherwise the rest goes to uh, Uganda. Okay. Sounds like a very efficient operation. We try to be, we try to be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's shift gears here a little bit. Uh, I think we need to talk about vision books. And that's a, a term that we've been throwing around here for a while because that we've been in cooperation with uh, an outreach effort called Vision Books. And that is the printing efforts that have been put forth by Brother Barry Coffey and his team there. And it seems to be a good fit because they're printing on paper and we are translating and putting up the message electronically. So I would like to hear you speak about what is going on with Vision Books right now. What kind of cooperative efforts? What can you fill us in on there? Okay. Well, uh, Vision Books is, is kind of born out of Hickory Bible Tabernacle in North Carolina, where Brother Barry Coffey is the pastor there, and it's his vision to print. And we encourage that. We, we don't want to be uh, printers of books. Yeah. Uh, there We make books available to be printed, and we do some small amounts of printing. But Brother Barry and his team is, are doing a great job in, in printing commercially and shipping around the world and largely to fill the void that has been uh, left there as others have stepped out of the book printing work in the message and gone to other uh, means. So Brother Barry, uh, a good example, we've already mentioned Chichewa a couple times in Malawi, and this is a good example, okay? This brother in, in Malawi uh, has a burden to get the message to his people, and uh, so we... we uh, work with him to put a translation team together. We get translations up on the message hub. And he says, well, what about printing the books? I says, we'll cover that, but you got to get the translations done before you can print it. And mm -hmm. so then we contacted Brother Barry uh, out there in North Carolina and said, you know, here's a work that these people in Malawi need books. And I knew he personally was acquainted to Malawi. I'm sure and positive that he had been there, as had I. And so he jumped right into it and, and began to raise funds for the printing of almost half a million message books or messages yeah. into books in the country of Malawi. And uh, so once the translations were done, uh, Brother Precious from Malawi, uh, they uploaded those, his team, and, and we formatted it in a format. We have a new format called commercial format, and that's a very specific format for commercial printing. And so uh, Brother Barry downloads that format and he sends it to his printer and they do their graphical work for the covers. And uh, he printed those all out and half a million uh, messages got loaded into a container and sent to Malawi. And those are being distributed. As a matter of fact, I know for a fact that today they're being distributed even as we speak because I just got a text from a brother uh, actually, Brother Precious, who's been involved in the project, and I said, asked him how things are going. He says, I'm just out in the field distributing books. And Amen. 
So praise the Lord. That's how it works. And we appreciate what they're doing at Vision Books because uh, printing by itself is a huge effort. And and our burden, our part of the burden is mainly to get the message translated into the languages. And then that fits with uh, the work at Hickory Bible Tabernacle at Vision Books. And their burden is to put it into books and to make it available into the people's hands. And so it very fits very much fits together hand in glove and we appreciate what they're doing so much yeah amen and i believe in the archives we have a podcast interview with brother barry coffee and uh, a few weeks ago we did an interview with brother precious who you mentioned so those stories are are available to the listener if you want to scroll back and, and hear those. It's it's very inspiring to to hear the other side from these brothers, what it's like on their end. This would be a good spot, Brother Mark, for you to tell people how to download the podcast, how to get the podcast. Uh, obviously, if they're listening to it, but they might be listening to it just by a link on the internet. There's another yeah. way to use a podcast subscription. Am I right? To get the podcast? You become a subscriber, what they call it, but it's free. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to hear those previous ones, maybe you've just clicked on a link in an email we sent or we sent it by WhatsApp. But if you're listening on a smartphone, then on your smartphone, I'm almost positive there's going to be a podcast app there. And if you click on that and just type into the search bar, Believer's Faith Challenge Podcast, you can be a subscriber. You don't have to wait for our emails. You can see the whole list. You can see everything that's there. You can listen to back episodes. And you can get notified when a new episode comes out also. So that's an option. And uh, it's helpful if you really want to, if you have a burden, you want to keep up to date on what is happening here. Uh, that's a good way to do it. And of course, you can always Google it. You can Google Believer's Faith Challenge, and before you even get it typed in, you'll have 20 hits. So, <laughs> Okay, Brother Tim, and I understand that uh, you don't just always work from the office here. You're planning a missions trip, and uh, the way the world has been, I, I guess you haven't traveled in a while, but uh, you've got a trip in the works. Could you tell us about that? Yes, I we just made a trip from Canada into the United States, into Boston area, had some meetings there. So it was kind of the first step to get acquainted with the new rules under COVID for cross-border travel. So now we, we are looking at making a trip into Uganda. Normally, if I go into Africa, I try to hit several countries just to save on the expenses. But with the COVID regulations, it really puts a wrench into things. And so I'm going to go into Uganda, Lord willing, in November and uh, spend a couple weeks there uh, following up, ministering to ministers, uh, ministering to believers, uh, following up on some of the construction we've been doing, the printing we've been doing, and all of those things. So uh, if the saints are listening to this, they can certainly pray for me that God will make it a blessing as we go into Uganda for a couple of weeks for the first time in a couple of years. It's been almost two years since we've been there. Wow. Wow. And, you know, Uganda, has a, it's just an amazing story, the, the awakening that's going on there. What is it like to actually go there? A lot of people never will. They can't. 
But what does it feel like in your heart to step into a situation like that? Well, uh, I'll make it very succinct. My trip into Uganda, when I think you were with me, and we went yeah. to, uh, we went to Majira, uh, and uh, uh, where the rainbow appeared, and yes. uh, then we went to you know some of those different places. I can honestly say that was probably the highlight of my life. Wow, that trip, and uh, and that was some pretty rugged going at some points, but the way that God moved and the supernatural that took place, and uh, I don't think it was that trip that uh, God just bound the witch doctor in the service. I don't think that was the same trip. Uh, I don't remember that. Okay. Uh, if so, yeah. it was the next trip also that you know. I mean, there's witch doctors and things in those countries. Brother Brown says, you're going overseas. You better know what you're talking about. Hmm. And, you know, it's not that we're so spiritual. It's just the Lord is with us. And we are very thankful for his hand upon these things and, and his supernatural protection. There was a witch doctor in one of the services that tried to call down spirits. Long story short, he became converted. He, his, his, his enchantments, and he was a very well-known and I'll say a teacher of witch doctors. And right. uh, he, he just found his efforts were fruitless in the service. And uh, from that time, God began to deal with him. And uh, he became a believer of this glorious end time message. Amen. So supernatural things take place. There's been different testimonies, but we'll just maybe leave it there just for conciseness. Okay, well, we'll look forward to hearing your report. Uh, when are you going? Uh, in November. In November, okay. Coming right up, and I'm sure we'll, we'll have some interesting things to share with the listeners when you come back. So you're going to just one country in Africa, which is Uganda. And uh, it seems there's a lot going on in Africa that we could travel to other places. We're just involved in a lot of countries right there. And in previous times, it was India. I know Brother Biscoe went to India many times. And we just, at Bible Believers, the history has been, we get involved where things are happening and God is blessing. That's where we go. So you touched on uh, the countries where there's new translations, but uh, would you like to say anything about some of these other countries, Angola, Ethiopia, other places where we are involved? Um, it's hard to know where to start, but let me just say, uh, I'm, we're going to put out the, the Believer's Faith Challenge report, and maybe we can do a follow-up uh, podcast. I see that we're certainly using up the time here, but yeah. uh, the, we're just thrilled with what is happening in Angola and the printing that's going on there. We're having trouble keeping them supplied with covers for books. They're printing so many books and they're going out into the outlying areas in the Portuguese languages. And recently testimonies come in about, you know, a Muslim being confronted with the message and uh, renouncing his faith and accepting Jesus Christ. And then, wow. Uh, and then other denominational people that have, received denominational preachers that have come to the the office in angola and said we i want these books and i want more of these books and so we're, we're just thrilled with what god is doing over there in angola and we'll maybe update that a little bit more 
Brother George Oyatola, who has been sent central in that, will be coming back to Cloverdale here in about a week, and we'll be working with him in that. Uh, the in Ethiopia, Lord willing, I have a I will hope to be there in Ethiopia in December, and so if the Lord's okay. willing, uh, that'll be another trip that I will be doing. Malawi is wanting a trip. Other countries are wanting things, and so there's there's all kinds of good things that are happening. Uh, and so we just uh, thank God for his blessing on these different labors. Uganda is just come out of lockdown. And mm -hmm. so they're just able to gather in groups of 200 again. Mm -hmm. And so they are, uh, they're just now beginning. This is the week now that where they're beginning to do baptisms they've got a backlog of thousands of people waiting to be baptized right the covid shutdown has caused a lack of baptisms because they have to get out into the areas where they can find water it's largely natural water places ponds rivers streams sometimes sloughs uh swamps <laughs> uh it's amazing where they'll baptize people but uh you know they're there are thousands of people, thousands of souls that have embraced the word of the hour and are waiting uh, patiently and impatiently to be baptized <laughs> in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I understand that when the Lord strikes your heart, you have that urgency. Where is water? <laughs> Let me be baptized. <laughs> Here is water. What does hinder us? Yeah. Amen. Well, that is quite a, a whirlwind tour. I know it is for me, and I'm involved in this, and it, it must be for our listeners. We've just <laughs> talked about so many things. So in closing, maybe we could just take a step back from the whole of it, Brother Tim, and and explore the future. Where is this all going? What do you see as the future of missionary efforts here at Bible Believers, Brother Tim? Where is it all going? Um, that is a great thought, Brother Mark. And the simple answer is it's going wherever the Lord leads. Mm. And that's the thing with missions. And, you know, we deal with trustees locally. You know, I, they try to get me to project, you know, <laughs> where, what, what's going to be <laughs> the needs in the coming year. And, and it unfolds from month to month, from year to year. And so, but as far as the missionary efforts of Bible believers, above all, our effort is to get the message into the hands of the people, whatever that takes. Uh, we've been involved in uh, print translation, audio translation, radio broadcast. Uh, so we will continue to do that. And I guess in areas of the world, I had a brother that I met in Boston, a pastor of a church in the Congo that has about 4,000 people. And uh, mm. was just so thrilled with the things that he heard that he was just trying to tell me, I don't spend enough time amongst the French speaking countries. And uh, I don't know whether that's true or not. We can say that we've labored and to ensure that the entire message is available in the French language on the message hub. And that's important for the French-speaking people of the world. Uh, there is a major announcement coming right up in this upcoming uh, Believer's Faith Challenge report. And I, I'm going to drop it in here at the end of the podcast. So for those that have listened to the end, mm -hmm. we will be announcing 
that the entire message has been translated into the Spanish language. Amen. <laughs> it's been completed. Amen. Yeah. So that's, just... that's our burden and that's our efforts. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tim. It's been a great conversation. Um, if you just continue listening at the end of the podcast, we'll have information there. If you want to contact us, if you have questions, uh, above all, please pray for us and pray for the missionary efforts. There's precious believers out there, and your prayers, your support uh, goes a long way towards helping them. And as you said at the beginning of the program, helping all of us finish our tasks that God has given us in this age. So God bless you, everyone. Thank you, Brother Tim. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mark. Appreciate your labors and appreciate the opportunity to share with our listeners, believers all around the world that are involved with us in this great work of the Lord in the last days. Uh, you know, we are working with people and it is their labors with our labors that are producing the results that we have. Uh, and to God belongs all the glory. To one he blesses in one way, to another he gifts in another way. And all working together in the body of Jesus Christ brings about these wonderful fruits that we present to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're thankful for that. So God bless you. And we trust that it's been a blessing to our listeners. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the word of God. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. You can sign up for our email newsletter at BibleWay.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page where it says Newsletter. Fill in your name and email address and click Sign Up. In this email report, you will receive reports of the works of God in China, in Africa, in South America, in India, Europe, all over the world. We also publish a full-color paper newsletter two times a year, complete with photographs, reports, and testimonies from all over the world. The newsletter is free. Just request it, and we would be happy to mail a copy to you. You can contact us by email at info at bible-believers.org. That's info at bible-believers.org. Or you can write to us at Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. That's Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. This is Mark Aho. Thank you for being with us today. And be sure to join us for the next Believers Faith Challenge Report podcast.